0: podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk Over the last few weeks during the breaking of bread services, um, as if you've been there you will know, we've been looking at the events of Passion Week or Holy Week, the week leading up to the first Easter. Um, Matt kicked this off when we looked at the events on the Saturday before, uh, where Jesus was anointed in Bethany by Mary with some expensive perfume. We then looked at the triumphal entry, which happened on the Sunday and, as we know, is traditionally celebrated on Palm Sunday next weekend, if you weren't aware, the Sunday before Easter. For the Monday, we talked about Jesus overturning the tables in the temple and the fig tree he withered. Then last week, I looked at the Tuesday, happened to be the busiest day before Good Friday. There was a lot of happening on the Tuesday. And we focused in particular on Jesus' answer to the question of paying taxes to Caesar and the infamous verse, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and to God what is God's. The conclusion of which is that everything we are and have belongs to God, so we should give our all. him so that leads us to the wednesday and yeah nothing happened on the wednesday i mean it seriously in the bible nothing is recorded that to have happened on the wednesday so uh, i thought we'd just finish now and we're going to have lunch if only eh? if only um I could have spoken about the fact that it was silent, there was nothing going on, and we just sang, Um, I can't remember what the words were now, because I've gone completely blank. In the silence, you won't let go. In my questions, the truth will hold. So I could have talked about how God, even in the silence, even in the quiet, is still working his plan out and how that even though in the quiet when we don't think that god is doing anything or speaking to us it's probably more likely that we've drifted away from god than god has drifted away from us but instead of doing that i thought we could take another look at something that happened on the tuesday as there was a lot happened on the tuesday so let's uh, let's read mark chapter 12 verses 28 to 34. It will be behind me on the screen. It's entitled in the New International Version as The Greatest Commandment. So, Mark 12, starting at verse 28. One of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer He asked of him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. When Jesus saw that he had answered wisely, he said to him, You are not far from the kingdom of God. And from then on, no one dared to ask him any more questions. I thought we had a pool table the other week, so I can't get much worse than that. <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles almost got it right. All you need is love. However, it's not the love they were singing about. The love we need is to love God, to love others before ourselves. Basically, all of God's love, law could be boiled down to these two commandments love God, love others. So, my question this morning is so, how are we doing on that? How am I doing on that? I'm pointing the finger at me as well. If I asked you, do you love God? I'd hope. And expect that most, if not all of you, would say yes. Absolutely. But do you really? Do I really? Do I put God first? Do you put God first in everything that you do? Everything you think? Everything you say? If you can answer yes to that, Then you are probably the most unique human being of all time, apart from one other, and that's Jesus himself. No, you're like me, we all fall short of this. And because we do all fail in this, we have no chance of adhering to the second part. If we don't love God, how can we possibly love our neighbors as God intended? And I don't mean your next door neighbor or the person down the street. Jesus taught us that our neighbor is everybody, even those we don't like, even our enemies. The Bible tells us that we all fall short of the standard. We all fail to love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. Therefore, we have all sinned. We have all missed the mark. None of us are perfect. God created us perfect, without defect, without sin. We met that mark we achieved the standard but we chose to turn away from god we chose to turn our backs on his perfection and we continued to do so we went our own way that is what sin is maybe this morning you don't feel that there is anything wrong with the way you live. You live a good life. You do as much good as you can. You are better, kinder, more helpful than most. But the Bible clearly says that all have sinned and all fall short of the glory of God. Sin is mentioned hundreds of times in the Bible, starting with the original sin when Adam and Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. We often just look at sin as simply violating the Ten Commandments. However, Paul, a writer to the early church, puts this in perspective when he says, Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law, rather, through the law we become conscious of our sin. God wanted us, wants us to recognize our sins. Even those who have not murdered or committed adultery fight will find themselves convicted of lying or worshipping false gods, ultimately putting other things ahead of God. The problem with sin is that any amount however little or insignificant we feel it might be, any amount separates us from God. There's an Old Testament, uh, a couple of verses in the Old Testament from Isaiah, which summarise this quite well. It's Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save nor is ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. It is us who turned away from God. He loves you, and he wants you to turn to him. Quite simply, the Bible tells us this. The famous verses from John 3:16 and 17 say, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Romans 5, 8 tells us that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And the Apostle John wrote in 1 John 4, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. God loves us, and he gives us every chance to turn to him because of his great and never-ending love for us. God wants us to benefit from and inherit all the good he has for us. He also promises that if we reject his love, we will face eternal hell, eternal separation from God. God sent his son, Jesus, to pay the price for us so that we could be forgiven and saved from that punishment of hell. Jesus died in our place. Because God is a loving God, he provided the only way of escape. No matter how many mistakes you've made, no matter how unworthy you feel you are, he still loves you and wants you to come to know him. If you do not yet know him, won't you accept God's gift of love today? It's been paid in full for you. So the Beatles were right, partly. All you need is love, God's love.
1: The words you are about to experience are true. They will change your life if you let them for they come from the very heart of God. He loves you and He is the Father you have been looking for all your life. This is His love letter to you. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. My thoughts toward you are countless as the sand on the seashore, and I rejoice over you with singing. I will never stop doing good to you, for you are my treasured possession. I desire to establish you with all my heart and all my soul, and I want to show you great and marvelous things. If you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Delight in me and I will give you the desires of your heart. For it is I who gave you those desires. I am able to do more for you than you could possibly imagine. For I am your greatest encourager. I am also the father who comforts you in all your troubles. When you are broken hearted, I am close to you. As a shepherd carries a lamb, He came to demonstrate that I am for you, not against you, and to tell you that I am not counting your sins. Jesus died so that you and I could be reconciled. His death was the ultimate expression of my love for you. I gave up everything I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home and I'll throw the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I have always been father and will always be father. My question is, will you be my child?